Welcome to BIV Today, the daily podcast from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Crypto Point, publisher and editor-in-chief. You know, if someone had told me about three months ago that the BC Lions would miss the playoffs and the Vancouver Whitecaps would make them, I probably would have bet the farm. Uh, the Whitecaps of Major League Soccer were mired at the back of the pack in their division for much of the year. Listless, pretty confused on the pitch, I felt. And they even lost a game to a Canadian Premier League team in Victoria. And that, it seems, was the last straw. Uh, but also a really a, a good inflection point for them because out went the coach, in came a new coach, and well, suddenly the team built upon a streak of ties to start to build a streak of wins, a lot, a really formidable clutch of wins that took them up to standings to clinch a final game playoff position last Sunday that's going to see them take on Sporting Kansas City on Saturday in the first round. And now the man who took over the team was its director of methodology, Vanny Sartini. And as a season ticket holder in the first couple of rows at center field, I can tell you the difference on the sidelines and on the field have been palpable. There's emotion, there's excitement, there's aggression, there's even some risk in the game. And I, I could talk to the coach about the game, I suppose, but I thought it makes most sense as a business publication to talk to him about management today. What are the keys to success in his view and bringing a team back from, from really such depths to be now, I think, one of the most feared clubs in the league. So Vanny Sartini joins me now on the eve of the big game. He's in Kansas City. Great to see you. Great to see you too, Kirk. Thanks for having me. Good. I, I'm going to give up the pretense of impartiality for this. I've got my jersey on. I've yeah. got my scarf here. I've got a scarf. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I've got even an Alfonso Davies uh, autograph hat, which I thought that would make some sense for us. So I think I'm, uh, I think I'm styling. I think I'm, I think I've got that going. Okay, all right. Oh, the hat's a little crooked. You look fantastic. Thank you, thank you. It's very uh, well coming from someone from Italy, you know, <laughs> Florence. All right. I'm, I think I'm gonna. The hat just doesn't fit me. What, what's going on? Okay. Anyway, um, I, I want to get, I want to get a sense. You, you've been a manager for a long time. You've managed in a couple of other cities. Um, what do you like about this job? Uh a lot of things I like. Uh, the, the main things that I like uh, of being coach is like, uh, I really like the teaching part of my job. I like the fact that uh, you really uh, uh, try to improve uh, the players and the team and try to teach something new and create a vision that, uh, that everyone is going to follow, to be honest. And then the other thing that I like is that uh, I think that soccer is probably the most uh, collective of the team sports. So I re because I really believe even in life that uh, you don't achieve anything by yourself. And if uh, if we can compare if we compare a team with a community, a community needs to work, uh, try to work all together to to an objective and uh, try to set kind of. Uh, rule way of playing uh, and uh, and uh, the way that uh, the participants of this team they they, they should interact uh, in order to the common good it's something that always excited me and that's one of the one of the uh, uh, of the aspect of the of my job that i like so did you get that sense of collaboration or community or you know group work as a kid uh, or, or were you a bit of a you know a bit of a loner, a bit of a standoff guy? Well, I've never been a loner in my life. Uh, yeah. 
I've I've always been very extroverted, and uh, you know, I always been a guy that uh, uh, take energy from people and give energy to people. So I I I, I I'm a I'm a I'm a like this. <laughs> how, how would you define your values as a manager, Benny? Yeah, well, for me, the, the, the values is that uh, I say it every time that uh, uh, the product, the, the way of playing, the team tactical principles are the leader, in my opinion. So what we try to do on the field should be the leader in our objective. So my value is that we need to work everywhere, give the 100% for the team. I, I, I really believe that uh, it's not the sum of the individual. And the only way for the individual to flourish is uh, to contribute to the team. So I think that uh, what you say, what the word that you say, word cooperation and collaboration are basically my value. And uh, of course, on the other side, as the human side, uh, it sounds cheesy maybe, but for me at the base of everything, it's love. If you don't love the game, if you don't love the people that you are work with, it's gonna be really hard to lead those people. Yeah. You know, you, you put you put 11 on the field, um, but you've got lots of other players that have to be week by week, at times disappointed that they can't get the time. So how do you, as a manager, deal with their emotions, keep them positive when you know, they're, they're, they're not on the pitch at times. Yeah, uh, being honest and uh, being as honest as I can. Uh, mm. I say every time the relationship between coach and, and players is uh, sometimes the relationship that when you have uh, even between a father and a son, you don't, even if you, if you like them and if you love them, you don't say yes to them every time. Sometimes you say, <laughs> you have to say no, and sometimes right. you have to do it for, for their good. So you have to be honest every time and say, every time uh, why they're not playing and in which reason uh, uh, which is the reason why but also you need to be honest with the team not only with the, and being honest with the team for me means also uh, if you show me a training session that uh, you're better than than you, you deserve the spot even if you are the, the the rookie from first year from college and we have the big star uh, that is not performing you play not the other guy. And, uh -huh. uh, and the third thing for me is that uh, uh, because of that, we need to uh, keep everyone involved. I played, I started, I think, 22 different players in 14 games. Not, not used, started 22. Yeah. It's yeah. Really, and it's really not common in soccer. I, I really, I, 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 I believe that having a standard, having a standard lineup, uh, eleven guys that are doing every time, and then you keep it on the field just because they gave something to you before, uh, it's not the right way to do. So even in in every aspect of even in every business or something, I think that after every project that for us is a game, okay, the 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 stance is going to zero for everyone, and we'll see next week. You were the director of methodology, and I think that that's that's quite an interesting title because yeah. it's it's not a title I've heard of very much in in any professional sport. 
but you're a student of the game as well. You yeah. you took a lot of education in the game. You know, you've studied and studied and studied. Tell me a little bit as a manager again, um, how much of the analytical side, the statistical side, the science side, do you use? And then how much is also the eye test? You know, the old eye test of just, you know, what Vanny sees on the field and okay. and likes and dislikes. Uh, when I did one of my numerous courses, one of my uh, instructor in uh, in a coaching course, he, he told me a sentence that I really liked. He said, that football is not science, but science can help a lot. So we need to use it. Now we have, we have I think that all the part that is kind of... Uh, analytical, the statistics, what the video analysts can, can tell you, everything that can help you to, to, to make a, a, an educated decision, you need to take in account. Um, also because I think that the game is much more scientific than, uh, than it appears, because it's all about space, it's all about uh, uh, numbers, creating numerical superiority. It's all about being on the right place at the right at the right time. So everything needs to be done for me for the more uh, as more scientific approach. Of course, uh, you need to put all these kind of things because now we live in a in a in an information society that, uh, for example, for a soccer game or for a training session, I can have a report of uh, 1,200 pages. Uh, about everything, because you, you can really, uh, I would say, analyze everything. Of course, you have to put everything into context, and putting everything into context is what you said before, the eye. But I would say before the eye, the brain. You need to, to have very clear, through this scientific approach, the way that you want to play, what you want to achieve as a product, and how you want to do it. And uh, in this way, the, you can help also the people that are helping you in giving you information that are relevant. So you can have all of this data uh, in front of you, but you obviously need students to yeah. understand how to process that data. And you as a teacher have to minister this to them. How, how, do, you, how do you relay that week after week and give them a pretty good sense of what some of the keys to success are for them? Yeah, you know, the players are, uh, we're living in a, I would say, that's another point also about managing a living that uh, it's not like 15, 20 years ago because now we have uh, players that are much more even educated on that sense. And mm -hmm. uh, they, and also on the other side, they're much more craving for individual attention. So I have a lot of individual meetings with the players and my, my assistant too, they have a lot of individual meetings with the players that they go on specific numbers or specific uh, uh, video reference on specific things that uh, we we want to ally to the player because uh, it's we, we have to make it as simple as we can for them. We have to make it as simple as we can in the sense that uh, you know uh, we don't have to tell them all the process about it. But uh, okay, uh, if you are a player as a wing back and uh, uh, you made zero crosses for three games in a row, maybe you need to do that. That's a number that you should hit. I was simplifying a lot, but something like that. And yeah. uh, if you are, uh, uh, when we map the, the, if you are, if you are a midfielder and your uh, uh, distance covered in the game is one of the lowest of the team, 
probably you didn't you didn't play a, a good game. Uh, I would say we always have to match the subjective with the objective. So mm -hmm. uh, the subjective is oh this player played like uh, eight out of ten this game, and uh, and then you see let me see the data if there's something that really highlights and every time that he plays like an eight out of ten those data can can relay uh, some some meaningful information. So. I think that we need to keep it simple and matching the subjective and the objective every time. Yeah, that's a good explanation. Um, you know, there is a saying in business uh, that culture eats, eats strategy for breakfast, right? That's uh, one of those old sayings. So, so the importance of culture and all this, uh, because you have strategy, of course. But how did you try to shift the culture? It's hard. You, know, you don't shift the culture, sorry, in a, in, in a day. So... Because the culture, I first of all, I don't like those big this, these words and uh, talking about the culture because a lot of it we, we need we want to do this we want to be this. I think that uh, uh, the culture is uh, really built by actions and uh, the actions that you take as a coach and the actions that the players take as players and all the staff was everyone. So creating this uh, culture of uh, I would say, in 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 a in our I would say example of uh, honesty with the players on all and of uh, I would say we mean business when we're business, but we can have a laugh when uh, when when we're on the pitch. The culture of the team is ahead of of the individual. You do it only with uh, uh, with action, and when someone doesn't apply those action, he needs to be, I would say, called out. And I, yeah. I don't mean punished, uh, but he needs to be educated to try to be better. Because I think that, and of course, if someone shows you that he doesn't understand or he doesn't want to understand, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it can be a problem. But so far, I can give you, without telling names, uh, uh, I had a couple of problems at the beginning because players that were that were used to play in a different way and it was completely different. And I had to have a, a fair amount of conversation with those players and with this player in particular. And uh, he clearly didn't understand. He clearly, and, well, not didn't understand. He didn't believe it. Yeah. What I had to do, I benched this player for a couple of games. He mm. saw his teammates playing in this way and winning games, luckily, so that's a good thing because uh, you can reinforce your message. And then uh, he actually he came to me and say, "Coach, I was a stupid. I'm, I'm I'm all in now." And he started do, trying to do everything uh, like we were trying to do. And now he's a very important player for the team. I mean, I think I might be able to guess who that player is, but let's just leave that aside for a second. But yeah. but when you're when you're dealing with that, Vanny. Are you are you the good cop or are you the bad cop when you have to figure this out? I am naturally the good cop in the sense uh, that I'm here. I'm trying to explain. I always try to put, again, trying to put the emotion out of it and try to be as uh, objective as I can. That's the reason why we can do it. And I say every time, and I and I don't want to say that uh, uh, I, I, I'm always right 100%, but... That's my job now. My task here is to try to, to, to do this. And so we, we got, I think that is the best way for the team to do it. And even if you don't see that is the best thing for yourself, 
you need to think that he needs to need to best the team for the first team first and then for you. So I'm usually the 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 good cop, and uh, I what helps me a lot, to be honest, is the fact that uh, uh, when you assess yourself, you need to understand which are your strengths and which are your weaknesses, and even in, even as your background. And in this way, you need to create a staff that uh, is very good in things that maybe you perceive as, a, as your weakness. For me, one of my weaknesses is that I didn't play at the highest level. So when I say something to a player, when I say something to the group, maybe they can relate and say, oh, it's very good. He knows the tactics and everything. But then when I say something to the player, the player, like it was with this player in question, say, yes, good. But as a player, uh, so I'm very lucky that I have Ricardo Clark in the staff that has been a top player. He played in the World Cup. He played for the American national team. So when he tells, he relays the same message that I do in this individual meeting, they can, he can also go on the level player to player and he can bring his experience to them. And it's very helpful. You know, you're, you, in a lot of ways, you were, you were expected to turn the team around, right? The team was, because, and you inherited the job. And, and what I wonder about is how do you deal with a very delicate task in the middle of the season of somewhat distancing yourself from the previous way in which the team was run without turning it into kind of a personally degrading situation? How, how did you manage that? It, I think it was one of the hardest part because uh, I'm also very close with the previous staff. Uh, I'm a friend of them. so. Uh, but I wanted to do things differently, and uh, but also and also I, I didn't want to pers be perceived by the team like someone that no, what what you did so far for seven months is all wrong. We do completely different. So uh, that's the reason why even tactically, if you if you can say uh, we play 14 games, I knew that I wanted to play with the back three, but the first two games we still started with the back four because we had to put new elements little by little in, in, in a way that, okay, uh, I have to, I, I, I don't believe in shock therapy uh, in, in anything. Okay. So I, I believe more that, okay, let's, let's put this thing, let's put these other things, let's put these other things. And luckily the results went very good even from the beginning. So from the second week, I would say I, consider the team to be really my team without my compromise. But for the first two weeks, I would say it was natural to compromise, to try to bring the team from uh, the way that we were playing to a different way of the world uh, that we wanted. You inherited a team that was actually on a streak of ties. I mean, you seem to be tying endlessly, right? Um, how important was it in those first two, three, four weeks to actually get some wins? Like, what, what did that help you do then with the rest of the season? as a manager? He helped me to do a lot uh, in the sense that uh, uh, it, helped, it helped the player buying even things that didn't, that didn't, I moved players from different position. Uh, I started players that didn't start before. It helped the group to really buy the thing that I, were, uh, that I was trying to sell them. And uh, it gave them the probably a little more of trust in, in in what we were trying to do as a staff, and that was has been critical because uh, even 
we, we reach a point at some point that even we went to Seattle, for example, after four or five games, we lost for one, but we bounced back immediately because we were already past the, the moment where I had to gain their trust. I already, I already did it. If that game would have been game number two, game number three, it uh, would have been much harder, I think. Yeah. I mean, during COVID, all the Canadian-based teams have had so many challenges because they've largely spent their times outside of their homes, right? Like away from their home cities. Yeah. Again, how meaningful was it in terms of your overall momentum and your ability as a manager in terms of the just the structure that you've got around you in the city of Vancouver to get them back to town to, to finish? I think that uh, besides the change of the manager, the player, that well, even more than that. I think it was the number one thing, getting back home, uh, getting back home, living a normal life, living in your city, living in the city where uh, your family is, because most of the players that live uh, away from the family, uh, living like a real football club in, in, in our locker room, in our training center, uh, having the possibility to be really at home. And of course, then, on top of that, on that, you had the fact that after 18 months, we had our fans back to to push us. And uh, you know, you say that you're a ticket holder, so you, I, the atmosphere of the last game against Seattle was amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, when we beat Dallas, uh, when Maxim saved the penalty at the last minute, right? I think that if the game is in Dal- is in Salt Lake. Maxim doesn't save the penalty. That's oh. simple. Uh, it's that's uh, uh, because it's uh, being at home and having people that cheer for you, that care about you around you. It it, it makes you work better. Yeah, you guys had uh, the largest crowd of any crowd in British Columbia during the entire pandemic. You know, the last last couple of weeks. Um, so a couple of last things. Um, what have you learned about yourself in the last 14 games? I learned that, uh, oh, that's a beautiful question. I, but I, I learned that, uh, I'm, I got better at getting advice than I was before. When I was a young coach, when I was a young coach, I was the one that, uh, 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 if someone tell, told me something, uh, yeah, I know, but I'm, in the, I'm the one in charge. I, I want to do it. I want to do it. I, yes. I, I learned that uh, I need to uh, have, uh, uh, I would say, advice from other people and, uh, and, and you to think about it. Of course, at the end, you take the decision. But uh, when in the, in the room, we are like uh, basically six, seven person in the technical staff if you are if if you are convinced of one thing but five person are convinced of the opposite probably you need to think you need you need to listen to the other five people because if not why do you have them in this in your staff yeah. so i that's what i learned and uh, a couple of decisions that has been very good i have to thank my staff because they they brought me on the right uh, on the right path yeah do, do you admit vulnerability or or indecision or uncertainty with the team or or 
Can you do that in a professional situation? Well, you can in the sense that, uh, again, it's all about, for me, it's all about uh, uh, having the trust of the player in the, sense that, in the sense that you're confident. I am very, I would say, so I can even result cocky. I know that on the field, there's very few people that are better than me at my job and being a coach. So mm. I, I always knew that. And so, and I know, and I'm so focused at that, that uh, sometimes when I, in this way, you, you gain so much strength and you see being perceived also by your players with someone who, who knows what he's doing, that uh, you can even show the fact that uh, you are, uh, uh, I would say, in the size sometimes, and uh, you may, maybe can ask for advice because... Uh, you do it not because you don't know what to do, but because you're really, I would say, going very deep on the thing that you do. Right. Uh, you know, you, you can see, as I said at the beginning of our of our uh, discussion, the, the emotion on the sidelines with you, right? You, you don't, don't hide a whole lot of it. Um, but how do you also make sure that your players don't have their emotions come out sideways? Because this is a game that you can get yellow and red cards for doing some things that, you know, are in the game of hockey, you know, would be considered just whatever. But you know, you you can you can end up with some pretty serious damage if your emotions come out sideways out there. How how do you channel that and tell the players, you know, keep yourself dialed back a little bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, I think the first thing is that uh, you need to be always focused in the game. When you see myself like uh, so excited and everything, for me, that's the way to be focused. Because if I would act like, uh, you know, those pensative coach like this, I would probably space out from, from the game. That So that's what the way right. for me to be focused and to understand if someone needs uh, uh, to stay calm or someone needs even to, if we need a change, that's, that, 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 that's the thing. The second thing is that uh, uh, during the game, during the game, uh, the players are very zoned in the game. So I don't think that the player see too much what I'm what I'm doing in the game. I sure. they talk with me so that, that that they're good. And the third thing is that what I said before, we are so focused on the task from in every training. Even today, the, the last training before the game, we went over again all the tactical thing, and uh, we really tried to create with our action this culture of uh, uh, what you did uh, in the last play doesn't count. It, it, the next play is the one, the next play is the one, the next play is the one. And don't get lost in the big picture when you're playing, because when you're playing is always the next minute that is more important. So it's uh, that being focused and zoned on the on the task help a lot on uh, uh, not getting crazy, I would say sometimes. Okay, so this is not a trick question, uh, but it may come across as a bit unfair. But uh, can you even see now that even if you're not going to win, that this has been a victory of a season for this team? I think that the season has been uh, very good. Uh, getting to playoff after four years and we were last in, uh, in the standings at the half of the season. So in any case, uh, in any case, how the season goes tomorrow, the season is positive. The thing is that we are at the Chrome, we want to dance. So that's, uh, we, let's make the season memorable. So that's, uh, that's, that's the, actually the atmosphere that we have here. 
we yeah. we we want to make it we make make something big but we know that in any case that goes tomorrow of course it's a, it's a major improvement on where, where we were a few months ago and we build to to do something better next year uh, i'll ask you a, a tougher question i mean um when you were appointed, you were referred to as an interim coach, interim replacement. You know, it was all all had this kind of temporary feel about it. Now that you have a taste of it, now that you've succeeded as a team with it, you want to keep the job? I won't. I won't. I won't. But uh, at the end, it's like uh, it's more a title for the, I would say, uh, journalist or media or whatever. The, because... Uh, I've been in this business for a lot of time now, and I know that uh, the coach, is, the coach per se, is an interim job. Because yeah. even if I, yeah. even if you have, the only thing that changed, and I, that's the reason why I also want the job, is the, is your contract. So that's the, that's the only, that's the only, uh, because, but because I can be, I can be appointed maybe the head yeah. coach tomorrow. And then next year, I lose seven games in a row and, and they fire me. So that's... Uh... Yeah. It, it, is, it is a job that you're hired to be fired in, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's... Uh... Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, look, um, last, qu last important question. Have you watched Ted Lasso? I watched Ted Lasso. Yeah, I like Ted Lasso. You like this? Okay. Does... I, I, I like the show. I, I think, I think it's it very uh, unrealistic, the football part, but I liked a lot the show. I like Elvish. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the on-field play didn't look all that authentic to oh, me. No. The, 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 the football part is unrealistic and uh, uh, a lot of things are unrealistic. But I, I like the show. I like I like I like I like I like Ted Lasso as a character. So exactly. I was gonna ask about that. I mean, is there is there anything about Ted Lasso as a character that you see in yourself? Yes. Yeah, to be honest, yes. I, I'm really happy that. They use the soccer coach to promote a character that is the hero, but what he wants is to get along with people and to improve people and not this kind of, uh, uh, I know it all, or I do it all, and I am the, I don't know, kind of uh, beautiful and a bit uh, dark uh, person. No, So I really like the fact that uh, the titular character of a very big uh, series is a person that uh, tries to make the people around you better because the people make better make him better so it's uh and it's uh and i'm happy that they chose the soccer coach as a profession because to be honest that's the way that i approach my coach. yeah wonder what's going to happen in that third season yeah i don't know there's going to be this uh him and uh, nate uh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah I'm, 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 uh, I, that's the the reason that's the reason why i'm very I'm very uh, focused on see what my kit manager Marty is doing because if he becomes a coach too, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got him under your wing. Well, look, it's great talking to you. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time on the eve of this so important game. Everybody is rooting for you back here in Vancouver, uh, right across British Columbia, pretty well across Canada. Because let's face it, you're the only people standing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so you're representing the country. But uh, thanks a lot for your time today, Vanny. And we'll, we'll see you again on the other side, I hope. Okay. Fantastic. Bye. Take care. I'm Kurt LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of BIV. Thanks a lot for watching.